10 weeks of football already. Time to shape up or start shipping out. Let's clean up. Housekeeping, how we did last week, DFS. Fine. We'll talk Panthers and Bears a little. Also, Jalen Warren over Jerome Ford this week. Let's play Would You Rather, give it a think. And for dessert, let's have DFS, keeping it vanilla. Why week 10 calls for some nice, cool, soft serve on Sunday. Let's go learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. Boys and girls, first up, housekeeping. We got to go over how we did last week. Let's hit those DK hits and misses. And then we'll talk a little ownership after that. But first off, I have to say uh, the alternate lineup we made last week was the hitter. The one with Prescott, that was the lineup that hit. The lineup with Carr did not hit. We were you know, a week behind the gun with Carr. Should have used him two weeks ago. Did not work out to come back for him last week. Big enough to say that. You're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes. Luckily for us here at the process, luckily for me, uh, this week was a unique week where, you know, I'm usually relying on football to kind of bring in whatever, you know, we're going to do. But turns out it was the race cars that brought in and covered us this week 10x my money back playing nascar playing the championship race on sunday and so that worked out if you're ever curious the season is over but we do have a nascar podcast pit row and that will be picking right back up in february for daytona so not a complete loss this week but in terms of dfs for football yeah man we said card fifty seven hundred dollars and wasn't that it was a terrible play but we needed more from the lineup, not just car. The car play itself was fine. Hurts, tad bit expensive is what I thought, even though the matchups was okay and not great. And so Prescott, we said, would be a better play than Hurts, but Prescott would be chalk at 6,500. So we just did it as an alternate lineup. The reasoning worked out from that perspective. Um, and so if we look at the wide receivers, Thielen did not hit. Devonta Smith. That worked out. Talking about paying for him as opposed to paying for A.J. Brown, that was a good call. And saying we would pair Dak with Lamb in the alternate lineup worked out. The alternate lineup got 175 points, so that would have been good for well over the cash line in the in the double ups or the cash game that we did. So, you know, it's it stinks to, you know, lose. It sucks to lose, right? It sucks to lose money. But if you can go back and say, I did two or three lineups on the day, right? And one of, and that's the one I just put it in the wrong contest. You know what I mean? So there's something to be said about that, knowing that you at least had something on that site that did hit and it's just how you arrange it. Right. So that's another reason I like to keep the choices minimized. I don't want to have too many lineups because I don't want to spread out what we're doing and what we're thinking. But in terms of last week said main lineup, we would put Brandon cooks in the flex. That was not good. We had Zay flowers in there. That's not good. Actually, we said Zay Flowers or Tank Dell. The Tank Dell call was very good. He uh, very much more went over three three X. That was a good call. Olave was just fine. Pittman, Lockett, though, not so good. But Olave and Cooper were good calls. So, again, we had some decent calls. But, you know, putting it all together in the one lineup that hits in the one contest is another thing. Now, recommendations to you guys. Happy. Happy about what we, you know, said last week. The identifiers, the reasons why in a succinct way. I know you guys don't care about the stats. I could pull it out if y'all want to, but I suspect most people, they don't care. They want to know that I did the work and they want me to come back and summarize it. But again, if you want to talk about the work, we could do that too. Tight end, Lane Tom, uh, Tom, Logan Thomas, paying down for him so we could afford other things. That worked out. Musgraves and Schultz, that those were fine. Tight end, we kind of got a line on that, so we'll stay on that this week. And then paying the Rams defense at $2,600 was pretty decent. New England didn't kill us at $2,900. You know, the Giants, though, did, uh, and I did have them in an alternate lineup. And uh, But playing Kamara, $8,100, that was a great play. Smash play, playing Kamara. JT, Jonathan Taylor, that was a good recommend. Edwards was fine. Stevenson was great, though, $5,400. That was a good recommendation. Um Talked about doing a uh, alternate lineup with uh, Ford. 
that was not good. Uh, with Hunt, that was not good. Putting in Chubba Hubbard and Sanders, you know, didn't really matter. I mean, you know, immaterial. So not a whole lot of, you know, misses in terms of my picks last week, but inability to identify the guys that really went off to set the day off and put them in the main lineup. So part of the reason why we're going to talk about how we attack DFS this week, not overthinking it. There's a preview to what we said before keeping it vanilla, right? But in terms of this segment right now, ending up the DK spot, the DraftKings spot, the FanDuel spot, talking ownership. We, I feel like people will hear you say this, but they don't actually have this buy-in yet. So we're going to keep saying it. So I'm sure you guys had the buy-in. And that is, you can't, it's harder to win if you're picking the exact same players as everybody else. This is why we had to have the pivot of Prescott over Hertz last week. This is why you cannot jump on like the lineup train with everybody else and expect that, you know, we'll just do this and it'll work. What happens is you are taking away that slot when you do that. So if you guys all hit, that's fine because whoever misses, they, you know, they, they're the ones that lose out. But if your player misses, then the 20% of the people who didn't play them, those are the people that win and then you guys lose out. So it becomes much harder to justify if you think about like that, like, can I get these points somewhere else and not be in this boat with all these people? Because if you're playing an 80% owned player, you guys are effectively taking him out. So it's like, okay, now it's not 11 lineup slots. Now we're playing battle over 10 lineup slots. And if you guys do it again with another player, now it's nine, right? And so every time you diminish that by picking the same people as everybody else, you're taking away the opportunities to make yourself different. So you're going to come down to one or two positions where you have to stand out. If everybody else is the same, the likelihood of you doing that is so much harder. And that's how these sites will get you. So when we talk ownership, it is really important to play the players that you think will be less owned, but also will get the same amount of points. There's always seems to be an alternate every Sunday of the chalk that can put up the same amount of points, but people are just less comfortable playing it. That's where you want to lean in because I promise you guys, it's much easier than you think to win there. If you just, then just keep going with the flow. Next thing we need to mention, trade deadlines are coming up. Look, the best players are, if they're not on your roster, then they're on your opponent's rosters, period. They're not out on the wire. So as the trade deadline comes up, just think about it. Are you weak? Are you too weak to make a playoff push? If so, you need to do something about it. At some point, you can get decent guys off the wire. But at this point in the season, everybody has scraped that barrel clean. So go play the trade game if you need to, if you're in the league that allows trades. But just remember, the trades that are going to get done quicker than the ones that won't are where you're not going to try to fleece this guy. Like we all know the same stuff, right? We got the same info. So you got to be, you know, forthright about put, putting up something that's going to be of value. You're not going to give him your, your bench wide receiver for running back one, right? Think about it. Come up with, look at that person's roster. Think about what they don't have. Look at your roster. Right. Think about what you have that you can give up that they don't have, though. That's the thing. Don't think about the trash that you want to give up. You need to be giving them a starter back, basically, if you're asking for a starter. So if you've got somebody on the bench who would otherwise start in other positions, that's a good guy to trade. A bench guy just for a bench guy ain't going to work. So. That's something to think about if you want to get the trade done quickly, as opposed to just how do we fleece somebody? I'm over that part of the trade thing. Since we're talking about seasonal, next point to be made is we're not giving up on seasonal. We don't do that. This is where you buckle in and you keep it going for the long haul. If you get in bored, play DFS. That's why it exists. But you've got to play it to the end. Nobody likes that person that won't set the lineup, isn't in the chat, not fun to play with, not around on a Sunday. 
there's a there's a camaraderie to it all. And a lot of these leagues have something else, probably monetary online too. So there's a lot at stake here. No giving up. Everybody has a shot because the playoffs can be attained by a certain amount of wins that at this point in the year, you can still get to. We're all like, you can't be completely winless, but if you got one win, you good. You okay. It's all about taking a look at the matchups in the future. I had a team that started out 0-4. Guys, I do a lot of leagues. It could be very easy to say, you know what? We'll write that one off. Nobody's worried about one. We'll just focus on the other ones. We'll, nobody will know. But you know what? That's not how we play it, right? So we buckle down. Blast off five in a row in that league. Now you're sitting at five and four inside of the playoff picture. So I'm saying this to encourage you. I did that by using the picks that I give you guys. So use these picks and do what I tell you to do for seasonal. If you are in a bind, reach out. You got the Twitter, you got the X, all that stuff. Let's talk about it because we can't go down. We get, we can't give up without a fight, make it mean something. You got to disrupt some other people's playoff hopes, take down your nemesis, stay out of the turd bowl for some of those leagues that have that. But it's got to be worth something because we got to fight to the end, period. Finally, for housekeeping, Panthers at Bears. What a yawn. What a yawn. These are literally the two worst teams in the NFL, played the worst game right there. Both teams trying hard not to do anything. I mean – you know, not a lot to, to be spoken about on either side of the football. I wasn't particularly impressed. I think about how awake I am right now, and I was just watching that game, like falling asleep. I was like, man, I might not be able to do the podcast tonight. I feel so sleepy. It wasn't me being sleepy. It was them being boring. The best part of the whole broadcast was Jason Kelsey coming in. I mean, at least something off the beaten path. And that wasn't even that great, to be quite honest with you, but it was better than the action on the football field. Bears, they don't even make tanking fun. So as a Bear fan, it's just hard to watch. Carolina is an interesting case because Young doesn't even seem to be like maturing at a quick enough rate. Like this should have been a step forward game. So we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Frank Reich, this is not his guys. This is a team they put together around him. These assistants, these highly sought after, highly regarded individuals in all these places. You guys need to get it together right now. Yeah, both these teams going nowhere, but the Bears have both those picks. So I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, you know, enjoy both the one and the two. But what do you even do with that? I you know, th- those two picks aren't going to save a franchise, you know, of decades of ineptitude, period. We clean the house for week 10. Let's play a little round of would you rather I will go through 12 conundrums and tell you whether I would rather play this player or that player this week. Would you rather? Let's slide right along, get into it, do a little super flex style this week, which just means if you guys aren't familiar with super flex, that we'll consider quarterbacks too. In a super flex league, you have a second flex spot, that can be used by traditional flex players or a quarterback. So you'll notice a question or two here as well. This week, Johan Dotson, the Commanders, or Tank Dell going up against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I very much want to downgrade Houston this week because the Bengals defense is coming on strong. I know Nico Collins is a little banged up. He did not practice. That's what I'm looking for right now, guys. He didn't practice because of the calf injury on Thursday. That's not great. That does bode well for for Tank Dell. But overall, I just think, you know, 
upside is hampered in this game. It's going to be a tougher game for Houston on the road. This is some pretty stiff competition against one of the better teams in the AFC who's starting to figure it out at the right time. So I just think that, you know, Stroud has been great. He was great last week. I'm not taking away from him or anything that they're doing, but this is different than beating up on some of those other teams. Uh, Jahan Dotson, though, is in an offense that is in a good spot this week. Uh, but I, I think his quarterback can go, Sam Howell can go to any of these guys. I don't know that Dotson necessarily is highest in the pecking order as Tank Dell is. And so we'll make that the deciding factor here and say both guys should be in a fine climate. I trust Tank Dell more than Johan Dotson this week. Would you rather Devontae Adams or Garrett Wilson? Uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, man. Devontae Adams. I... The Raiders seem different. We have to trust the skill that we know exists in Devonta Adams. And every week that this O'Donnell kid gets to throw it to him, they're going to get more comfortable. I'm going to trust that as opposed to relying in the Jets who, you know, same game, by the way, too. But again, who I, I'm not sure the Raiders are going to be as bad on defense now that they've turned the corner as it seems. So I'm a little unsure about how much success Wilson is going to have relative to the run game for the Jets. But of these two, I'd have to say Adams for sure. Miles Sanders or Chubba Hubbard, that would have been for tonight. And I would have said Chubba Hubbard, and that's what happened. But it wouldn't matter. They're both pedestrian uh, against a Bears defense, particularly that's you know coming on against the the, the run basically over the this part of the season, and now they're highly ranked against the run. So we'll have to keep that uh, in the in our head as we you know move four weeks against them, thinking about which passing games would be suitable to attack the Bears defense with. All right, DeAndre Hopkins or Terry McLaurin, the close one, both in a good matchup this week. Again, I think the commanders have an opportunity to spread around. They are a little bit more diverse with the football, especially when they play opponents that play. Oh, actually, it doesn't matter if it's man or zone. They just kind of spread it around a bit. So in that perspective, you know, McLaurin's in a good spot. But again, like we said about Johan Dotson, so is he. Curtis Samuel is in there, too. So of these two, I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins. He's in a pass funnel situation, which we'll talk about later. But, um, yeah, I, I would rather take him by just a little bit, and that plays into what we're doing in DFS this week. Evan Ingram, tight end for Jacksonville, or Cole Komet? I would have said Komet because um, I'm a little worried about what Ingram's going to get accomplished versus uh, this 49ers defense. I'm not excited to be playing people against them. I probably would have just went with Komet and lived with whatever happened tonight. Christian Kirk or Debo Samuel, I'll take in the same game, which is cool. I'll take Debo Samuel in this one. I I know that the Jacksonville Jaguars should be trailing, but they again are using, you know, Christian Kirk. They're using Ridley. They're using Jones. I know they're inclined more to use Christian Kirk in the zone, but the 49ers are healthy now. They have Debo Samuel back. You've got Brandon Ayuk. You've got, you know, McCaffrey still back there. You got Purdy. Everybody's healthy. That makes all those weapons that much more dangerous because you can't really cue in on one part because they're missing somebody. So the upside is higher for Samuel, but I think the safer side is Christian Kirk because his team should be chasing. I'm just a little worried about what they'll be able to do versus a 49er defense that added Chase Young now, too. So are you going to be able to drop back and get that ball out to that guy? Theoretically, you should. So we'll say like this. If it was a 50-50 cash game, we'll say Kirk. If it was a tournament, we'd say Samuel. If this is a season-long uh, sort of a conundrum, if you are, I guess, uh, the favorite in the matchup, you have more you know, proposed points than your opponent, go with Kirk. But uh, if you're chasing, you need the home run, you probably go with Samuel there. That's a good question. And aha, Jerome Ford or Jalen Warren. So a little misleading to open the show. If I had to take the two in seasonal, I would take Ford. But in DFS this week, we're going to pay down with Warren. He's in a good spot. We know that Najee Harris exists. 
But again, the two of them together in a good spot against a Green Bay defense that is weak against the run, I don't really trust the Pittsburgh passing game. And so I'm not investing in them to be, you know, average all the time. I think that's a stretch. The easier thing, and we'll talk about the game script and reload, but the easier thing is going to be to have these guys run the ball. And so I expect to be able to use them both and get away with that to, to pay up for wide receiver in other places. Jerome Ford, not a bad play for seasonal. You got to play him, but it's a tough matchup against a tough defense. And they're going to have to be inventive about, and when I say that, I mean the Browns, about moving the football. But Ford's a part of that, I believe. Hunt might be a part of that, too, though, as a problem. So we'll say Warren. Trevor Lawrence this week, Superflex or, or Will Levis. Now, uh, that's actually a really good question because Levis is in a great spot. But Trevor Lawrence, we know more about him. We know they'll be trailing. I think you got to go with experience here. That's a really good one. I'm, You know, that's a really good one. I will actually... Let's say Levis. Let's just say Levis. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it because I think Levis is a good alt quarterback on DraftKings this week. So why would I say Lawrence if I'm using Levis? Let's go with Levis. He's in a great spot. against the Tampa Bay team that's decent against the run, not so much against the pass. He's shown the ability to get it out there, so I don't doubt that he can. And he shows some intangible things that decent quarterbacks do in this league. I'm not saying he's going to be very, very good. I'm just saying he shows some intangible things that you see on tape. You're like, that's a good thing. So I want to see more of that. Trevor Lawrence, I'm just so worried about the 49ers. They are going to be chasing. But I have respect for Etienne in that run game. And that's going to be a part of what they're going to need to do to keep these keep that one close. And so I'll back off of Lawrence and I'll say Levis in a much more comfortable environment. Nico Collins or Tank Dell. If Collins was playing, I would say him. It looks like he's banged. He did not practice, so he may not play. So you may have Tank Dell. Um, But if they're both out there and Collins is banged up, play Collins over Dell for sure. Uh, I I think that is indicative of how they play the zone, not his injury. So, And if if they say he's good enough to go, then he's good enough to go. Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray, that's a tough one. Um, if it's a seasonal, go with Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson tournament, you could go with him for tournament. I, you know, it's a tough matchup for him. I don't want to put too much on his shoulders this week against Baltimore. You got to roll out Kyler just based off of the what we've seen him do in the past. This is a different team for all intents and purposes, different coach, different you know offensive look. There's a lot of that gelling that has to happen. But all that being said, it's a much weaker matchup for Arizona this week going up against the Falcons. It's not, you know, they're not going to roll over. But that's easier than Cleveland having to play Baltimore for sure. Let's go with Kyler Murray. Marquise Brown or Deontay Johnson this week. I... You know, this is purely speculation because we haven't seen any of the chemistry stuff under this offense. But I guess I will go with Brown because I'm not that high on the Pittsburgh passing game this week against Green Bay. I think they can keep them at bay. Not no pun intended. So I don't want to get too involved with the Steelers passing game, but I've got great designs for the run game. So I would say Marquise Brown and then Debo Samuel for our last conundrum or Johan Dotson. I would go with Samuel here for sure. Again, both team, both guys in offenses where I expect production from multiple players, but I like, even if that's true for both, Debo over Dotson. All right. Well, that is would I ra- would you rather for this week. Now you guys know who I would rather. Hopefully that helps you decide who you would rather. And now it's time for the process to reload. Now that we snore through that Thursday night football game, let's just keep it moving right along. So Sunday, got ourselves another Germany game. We are going to see Bill Belichick and company play a technically home game. The New England Patriots versus Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. So 
I think this is a great game for New England, a get-right game. You know, disappointing loss last week. They're sitting at two and seven. Indianapolis can be had on the ground. I think you know Ramondre Stevenson can have a pretty decent day on the ground. I'm looking forward to that. Last week we called out Hunter Henry being more viable because the idea was people were looking for Demario Douglas, right? Because they're saying Kendrick Bourne is out. We surmised correctly that. Okay, he will take that role, but the easier thing to do is to run the ball against that defense they played and also to hit the tight end. So both of those things happen, which is great, right? This week, I think we have a chance to see more of the same. New England can impose their will against Indianapolis. I don't see Indianapolis being able to do anything about it. Now, they're going to be able to keep it close for sure. I think the neutrality of the space being in Germany disposed well for Indy. And we got another game, you know, with the wheels grease for Jonathan Taylor. So he is also going to be a factor in this game. I like both running backs and I do like Hunter Henry again. But on the Indianapolis side, I think Michael Pittman is in play. Definitely against a Patriots defense that is, you know, playing a lot of man coverage. They won't bring J.C. Jackson. He won't travel. He's been playing poorly since came over from San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers rather. Sorry. But he's not going to travel in this team. They've had some discipline issues, too, missing time at the hotel and stuff like that. So commitment issues right there, no doubt. They're going to move forward without him this Sunday in Germany. There's a, a chance for Michael Pittman to dominate a pretty you know, lackluster secondary at this point. It's the whole reason they traded for J.C. Jackson in the first place. So we do like that. And I think that you know this West Coast style, short, you know, sh- short passes to set up the run is going to work perfectly for Indianapolis. And so New England's going to have to be a little careful. They are also going to have to run the football and they're going to have to hope that their defense can pull it together at the last minute. Um, I do think that in the grand scheme of things, they will out scheme the Colts and find a way to win this one. You know, Demario Douglas will be more of a presence in the passing game. We have to see if Devontae Parker can play. If he can, then I like this team's odd much, much more. But also Hunter Henry should be available this week as well. I'm going to give it to Belichick and say he finds a way to win. Although Indianapolis should have the points, man, if it were up to me in this one. Reload. All right. To Sunday regular time format. Houston Texans traveling to Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is going to be a tough game for the Texans. This is a real competition game right here. You're going up against a team that is poised to be. Uh, they're in the playoffs in the AFC for a deep run. They're putting it together defensively, you know, swatting, swarming teams with their coverage and shoring up what they allow on the ground a little bit more each and every week. Pierce has not been steady on the ground. There's been some great uh, matchups in the past couple of weeks that they haven't been able to take advantage of. So I'm a little out on that aspect. And so leaning into the run game with Stroud, I'm sorry, the pass game with Stroud, I think Cincinnati can play that chess matchup this week. They're going to show him some different stuff. He's going to see some pressure. I think they're going to play a little bit of uh, zone coverage that will, like I said, play well for Nico Collins if he can play. If he doesn't, Tankdale takes over the next spot as the most viable receiver there. I understand Bob Trees is coming back, though, for sure. I think that's more of a man-to-man situation, which Cincinnati does not do a ton of. Willing to take the bet that I'm wrong there for sure. Houston, a little overmatched. They're pretty good defensively. And so Cincinnati's not going to have it easy. But I think Burrow is going to be the difference maker. I really do like mixing in the run game. I I think he could just get in the box a couple times. Maybe he doesn't run up and down the field. But I like them running the clock out with him. I like the run game for Cincinnati. T. Higgins not going to play. I think that downgrades the pass game a little bit. I was real high on Burrow. I wanted to play him as an alternate. And I still like Chase. I think he's going to get it to Chase, and Chase is not a pro- not a problem. He's a decent play. But the opportunity, I think, is downgraded for Burrow, even though the team is still in just as good a place to win this game. You can rely on the run game and see where that gets you. I'm, I'm hesitant to, to say that I want to play Burrow and DF. Like I've been thinking about it. I think I'm just going to fade them. But they're going to win that football game, though. I think Stroud's numbers come back down to reality. The Cincinnati defense, I think, is in a good place this week. You can play them if you want to. That's something I hadn't considered before for price reasons, but definitely in play. In a game that I think they win, 
at home. They get to six and three. They start looking like the team that we know they are. And people forget all about a calf and Joe Burrow at the beginning of the season. Houston, they'll lick their wounds at four and five and, and come back fresh. This isn't the end of them. Reload. Green Bay going to Pittsburgh. Green Bay going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is uh, getting a little tough on defense here. Finding ways to win football games. I like that they're at home. You know, Tomlin preaches, uh, you know, sort of no mistakes, right? Tomlin preaches getting it right, concentration. I like that. They're, again, if they can get Minka Fitzpatrick back, this team will be so much better defensively. But they got enough to take on Green Bay here. Love is not special. We've seen that. Love is not special. Now, Green Bay should be able to run the football. I, I, I would expect they can run the football, um, and they should lean into that. Aaron Jones looked better last week. They gave him more run. I'd love to just play him, but Dylan is hanging around. He's hanging around. Dobbs is in a good place, but they keep throwing to Jalen Weeks, period. So both those guys, I think, you know, can maybe get, you know, to double digits fantasy numbers, maybe, maybe 10 points. But the the upside is capped by love throwing to these guys that aren't, they're out there, but they're not the primary receivers. So it's just weird. He's just throwing all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to the offense. The Green Bay defense probably going to be a little bit tougher against the pass. Um, and I, and as I said before in the last segment, not a whole ton of respect for the Pittsburgh offense. I, I, I think honestly, you might got the wrong guy. Kenny Pickett is not the man at quarterback. I don't know what you have there, but he's not that good. So, you know, he hampers the offense. Deontay Johnson coming back, that does hamper things for George Pickens. You know, there's no one guy that I think I feel comfortable about going to, but the run game should be good. Pittsburgh been using both running backs, and I think that'll be effective again this week. You play tough defense. You can force love into a mistake. You can play bully ball on defense, and you're at home. The crowd will help you. And then you're going to have to run that football to run that clock, run the time at the end. So I like Warren and I like uh, Harris together, though, for DFS. So if you got them for seasonal, one or the other, play them and feel fine. I mean, it's a capped upside, though. But for DFS, we're going to pay down and play both of these guys and get away at running back by doing that and focus on other things. But this is a game that I think Pittsburgh will win. They're a much better football team. They're at home. They need to keep pacing their division. It's a tough division. And they're sitting pretty if they can win this one at 6-3. and three. Green Bay is lucky to be 3-5 and five, unless Love takes some substantial step forward on Sunday, which I don't see. They can't win this football game. Reload. Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Okay, two funnels. Both these teams better against the run. Tennessee, probably best team against the run. So, you know, Rashad White, downgrade for me. Uh, King Henry on the other side, downgrade for me. And we know the kind of year he's been having too. But both these quarterbacks are upgraded. Baker, upgraded. Levis, upgraded. I do like DeAndre Hopkins because he's... No matter who his quarterback is, he's shown an ability to get himself open and make the catches, square himself up to the to the ball and make the catches. Levis has shown the ability to get him the pass on the button in a way that some below average quarterbacks will never be able to do. So he's showing signs of some things that are really good for production in the league. And I'm just going to keep putting it like that. So we're not overestimating or underestimating him. We're giving him his proper credit. Not great, but he's doing some pretty good things. Pretty good things. Um, so we want to trust in that this week for sure. That is the easier path to victory versus Tampa Bay, no doubt. Now, in terms of the rest of the wide receivers, I, I think Traylon Burks is trying to make the comeback, but it's not anything I trust, even if he's out. Westbrook I, I, you know, I can't really go there unless you're in a bind and seasonal. Like, I got a 20-team league in seasonal. Yeah, we're going to have to play him. But... Tennessee, it's really just Hopkins and Levis, and as an alt lineup, I will take that for sure. On the road, chasing points against Tampa Bay, who I think is going to have to put up points too. Like I said, White not going to do it against this Tennessee rush front. They're going to have to pass the football, and again, I keep harping on it. They just gave away Bayard to the Philadelphia Eagles, did the Titans, and so they're a little weaker without an all-pro safety out there. You got a replacement. So for Tampa Bay... Baker Mayfield coming off of a good, strong week where he led the comeback, you know, drive to win the game, but his defense couldn't hold up. 
that's a reason why I like Tennessee this week. That Tampa Bay defense has not been able to hold up. They got Ty Bowles' life on the line. They've been so bad. And I think Baker will have to do it again, put up points again. Tennessee is another climate that will allow the passing. So I like Mike Evans. Baker seems to be able to get it to his guy. And I like that more than Alden this week. Tennessee plays the tight end tough. And, you know, Godwin's out there. Godwin could be, the, you know, targeted. But I think that's much more of a man coverage type scenario. And when it's zone, you see Mike Evans much more the beneficiary from that. Tennessee's going to play their zone. So we like Mike Evans a lot this week. I'm going to give this game to Tampa Bay. Um, Baker Mayfield is playing better. I think he has a little bit of an edge right now at quarterback. Um, I expect it to be a tougher environment for Levis on the road. Young guy coming in. Now this team has seen him for a couple of weeks. We'll see how he reacts to all that. But I expect Tampa Bay in a game that should have some points to be able to find a way to come out and win this one. And uh, it'll be Baker leading the way again. Reload Cleveland at Baltimore. This should be an opposite game here. This one's in Baltimore. I'm expecting this to be a lower scoring affair. Two highly regarded defenses know what they're doing out there. I just don't see where it's going to be this explosive sort of a deal. For for Baltimore, you know, you're going to see a lot more man-to-man coverage from the Cleveland defense because they can support that and get after the rush and put some pressure on Jackson. So you're looking at Nelson Aguilar. Be careful while you people overly impressed with Zay Flowers. And I'm not just saying this because he burned me last week and possibly the week before. I'm saying that because that's what the coverage dictates. And so, yes, it looks like more of a Nelson Aguilar type deal. But I'm not reaching that far into my bag for sure. It's more of an indictment on how hard the situation is going to be. Run game, sure, you could take a stab there. But before you go ahead and say, you know, it's Gus Edwards. Last week they mixed in uh, Keaton Mitchell. And they also mixed in Justice Hill. So it went right back to a three-man deal. We don't know with certainty. So, you know, if you've got Gus Edwards in seasonal, that's great. Any of those other guys, I'd be questionable to play them. DFS, I'm not playing any of those guys at all. But Baltimore will have to try to run the football to, you know, to keep themselves out on the football field and help their defense. Cleveland, for their side, same thing. Jerome Ford going to have to try to run the football. And I think Hunt stays involved as well. You know, you do have Watson, Deshaun Watson coming back. That's great. I think he can activate Amari Cooper, but I'd be worried about anything else. And that's even going to be tough tough if Marcus Peters is coming back to this Baltimore defense that's already playing pretty well. So tough day for Cleveland, tough game for Baltimore. Cleveland could actually go on the road and win this game. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. They could go on the road and win this game. I'm going to give it to Baltimore. But it's going to go down to the wire. I do not think Cleveland's going to go into Baltimore and win this game. But if Baltimore wins this game, then I think this make this provides a letdown the following week after that. So either way, I think this game is going to be tough on Baltimore to where it takes something out of them over the course of two weeks. So if Cleveland wins this week, and Baltimore loses, I think Baltimore comes back and wins next week. You know, fire in the belly after the loss at home. But if they win this week, Cleveland will have given them so much of a punch that I think they're going to be backs against the wall for next Sunday already. But we'll give it to Baltimore. Reload. San Francisco 49ers traveling across the country going to Jacksonville. Interesting game. West Coast team going east for a 10 a.m. game. I'm not too worried about that. Like we said in the last segment, they've added Chase Young to this already stellar defensive front. So, tougher day passing for Jacksonville. Can Trevor Lawrence get the ball out of his hands? If he can, you'd expect he'd have to get the ball to Christian Kirk a little bit more. That's their guy when it's mostly zone coverage as opposed to Calvin Ridley when it's man coverage. So, Zay Jones is out there too, of course. But I would be you know, expecting uh, the way to be led by Christian Kirk, but I just don't expect that much. I expect the San Francisco defense to get a little better. Wilkes is going to come out of the booth and come down to the to the field. They're trying to mix it up. They want to see if they can stop the slide. This team has lost, you know, three games in a row now. Something has to be done about it. And so this is what they're doing. He's coming down and players have admitted Wilkes has got to get a little more adjusted to their life and their system because he's walking into something that was kind of already put together. It's like 
you know, why reinvent the wheel? You don't, right? You go with it. And he was smart enough to do that. But the repercussions of that is he's got to catch up now and not be the reason they're losing. I think the bye week was good for this team. They got healthy. He had an extra week to prepare himself. We're going to see that play out on the field. Jacksonville is going to give them all they have. And I think Etienne's a part of that. He's going to run the football effectively. That'll be the thing to keep them in the game. But ultimately, going to be too much San Francisco. Everybody's viable. Purdy, you know, Ayuk, Samuel, McCaffrey. If you had to put your, your name on one over the other, it would be McCaffrey. But everybody is viable. They're all healthy. This all systems go. That's why in DFS, I'm a little hesitant to use them because I don't know who's going to get the attention because they are all out there. So, but for seasonal, load them all up and feel good about it. I think San Fran goes on the roll. Who cares if it's a 10 a.m. game? They can play them at 6 a.m. I think they're going to try to win this football game and get out of there with a victory. Reload. New Orleans going to Minnesota. Josh Dobbs effect. We don't know what that looks like this week. Another week. He didn't really know any of the stuff last week, but they figured it out. That was really impressive. I'm sure he'll have himself ready for this week, just like he figured it out away last week. And this week he has even more of the game plan. So good for him. But in reality, it's going to be a tough game. The New Orleans defense has a chance to kind of play some bully ball here. Now they're going to play man ball, which means that, um, for many for Minnesota, I, I I can't designate what's going to happen because we haven't seen Dobbs' pressure, you know, preference with this team when the going gets tough, where you're back against the wall, the play is about to break down, right? So I'm going to stay away from making some you know vague recommendation that I can't back up. Madison would be you expect to get get the more of the rock on the ground to even things out, but that didn't work last week. And that was a much better run situation than this week. I have concerns about Minnesota this week, for sure. Glad for them that Hawkinson's playing. I just don't know what we get yet. The Minnesota defense is going to have to rise to the occasion at home. Now, for their side of things, they are playing uh, a New Orleans defense led by Carr that, you know, I like these guys. They have a lot of weapons, too, and these guys are all in play. I like Michael Thomas this week, but then also you have Olave and you have Rashid Shahid out there, so... Kamara as well. Minnesota a little more stout against the run, but you know Kamara can catch passes too. So ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string. Honey bang. So Minnesota, can you get the ball to your playmakers? It remains to be seen. Uh, you know, for New Orleans, they Minnesota's going to have their hands full. We know Minnesota's going to blitz. We know Flores wants to do that. Can Carr get it out there? I think the problem with playing Carr in DFS was again you could have Tyson Hill come or Taysom Hill come in at any time and mess up those numbers. So overall, the offense looks great, but you missed ten plays, you know, or or a touchdown or whatever it was. So real life, great fantasy. I'm probably stay away from Carr this week. Don't want to get burned again, but I think New Orleans can go on the road and win this football game. They're rounding into a good football team. We talked about them the last couple of weeks offensively. They got a lot of weapons, and these are tougher matchups, but they're going to have better matchups at home. The defense can keep getting more confidence as they keep accruing wins. I got New Orleans on the road winning this one. I know Dobbs is tough. You know he's going to do everything to make it tough. But I think as he has to work through more of the offense, um, there's going to be just be growing pains this week, I think. And so we know Minnesota's fighting for their playoff lives. But at this point, you know, it looks like a pretty tough matchup for this week. I'll give it to New Orleans on the road. Reload. Atlanta going to Arizona. Look, against this Arizona defense, Atlanta should run the football. It should be all Bijan Robinson. But Arthur Smith, for some reason, doesn't like that. So we don't know if he'll be smart enough to do it. But that's where the opportunity lies. I'm not trusting Taylor Heineke, you know, passing to, you know, London and Pitts is not in a good spot either. Don't want to hear it. Atlanta defense don't want to hear it because Kyler Murray's coming back now too. So I think the Arizona defense is sneaky in a good place. You can play them on DFS and get away with that, I believe, for sure. Kyler Murray elevates this offense, but we don't know what his preferences will be in this new offense. And so I'm not going to make guesses here, but I do firmly believe that they're in position to win this game. James Conner looks like he's going to try to play too. You know, in a perfect world, I think you wait a week more. But man, for them, it's a better story. A splash. You get your running back and your quarterback back at the same time. Of course, they're just one and eight. But 
they are going to see what they have with their coach, with their quarterback, with their running back. And of course, decisions are going to be made off this. So everybody's playing it very seriously. Arizona this week, Atlanta's going to be overmatched. If he's smart, Art's going to run the football with B. John Robinson and try to keep himself in this football game. But I still think too much Kyler Murray. They won't be able to respond with Heineke. The defense for Arizona is in a really good spot. They should get the two and eight at home and have a feel good win. Welcome back for Connor and for Murray. Reload. Detroit on the road going to the Chargers. Love this game coming back to Cali for golf. It's a very good environment for golf. Very good environment for Amon Ross St. Brown. Laporta also. Laporta might have the one of the uh, best opportunities. But when you look at the Chargers versus zone defense, it just reeks that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a great day. So I just really like those two. I think Laporta is the best tight end play on the day, on the slate, for sure. But that's where the offense runs through. For for the defense, or I'm sorry, for the running side of things, tougher day on the ground, I think. But also, I'm not sure who to go to because Montgomery's back. But Gibbs surely has probably eaten into some of his workload at this point based off of his you know results of the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to stay away from recommending one of those guys in DFS. But in seasonal, if you've got, you know, Montgomery or Gibbs I think you both I think you play them both and and you hope your guy is the guy until we have a little more clarity there because we really don't have a lot of clarity if you've been playing Montgomery and you need him you got to do it hopefully you're in a spot like me where he's on a team you have that you don't need him as badly to be the guy for you there man you've been playing him in the flex you got another option if you don't roll him out but again we want to not guess and we want to play from certainty right and so at this point in the season after Gibbs has done what he's done we need to see does the coaching staff adjust a little bit based off of that and do they just you know feed Montgomery back in fully or ease him back in a lot of things suggest they're gonna share some time this week and we'll have to figure it out But this is a game that should expect a lot of offense. The Chargers are are not great against the pass. They are a little bit better against the run. I think that's the opportunity for golf and company. And in the middle of the field, the Chargers are horrible. So like I said, I can't understate LaPorta enough. Now, on the other side of things, you know, I know Keenan Allen probably going to be popular. People may even be tempted to play, you know, Herbert. But Detroit is a little bit better defensively than what they're getting credit for. So, I think it'll be a tougher day on the ground for Eckler. He's going to make it, though, but it'll have to be catching passes. Keenan Allen's the live body they have in the receiving core, and I do like him. You can't go away from him against the zone. He's going to eat it up, right? doesn't matter if it's man coverage either. He'll eat that up, too, but he's in a real good spot. But also, I would say Gerald Everett. He could step up and be next man up. I would expect him over these other wide receivers. This is very similar to Hunt last or Hunter Henry last week for New England. You go with the most assured thing. It's not that just next receiver. Now we're going to go to the next receiver. The next assured player is Gerald Everett. Take a look at his numbers. He's consistently a part of the offense. Two, three looks every week at least. We can take that floor and pay down for that at DFS. If you need a replacement in seasonal, he should be out there. You could do that for sure. But he's going to have to be a part of this climate, I think, uh, against Detroit. And they're a little bit tougher against the wide receivers than you would expect. And so, again, it just makes sense that he's going to be involved in a game that should have a lot of points. It's going to be very popular in the DFS world. Uh, But Detroit is the better team. Can they go on the road and pull it out? That remains to be seen. I think the Chargers find a way to win this game comes down to the end and i don't think detroit can actually pull it off uh i I think you know i'm not gonna say a turnover but the Chargers defense who has been playing better recently find a way to hang around and i think there may end up being less points than what people are expecting but the Chargers will come away at five and four and be right back in that wild card conversation essentially detroit i think they fall to six and three they fall to six and three and they keep the door open for Minnesota, who I think is going to lose this week, too. And it, be, and it becomes a not a panic thing for them. But we start to look at them with the deficiencies that they truly do have in terms of when I say them, I mean the Detroit Lions. So 
But it should be a fun one, and trust me, believe golf's going to try to play his butt off. He's from the Bay Area, so not exactly Los Angeles, but I expect that his people will be there and excited to cheer him on. Chargers win. Reload. Giants at Dallas. So, Giants going on the road here. I think Dallas can win this game, but it's going to be a tougher football game than most people think. Giants starting DeVito. I think that's the downfall. I don't see much there versus this Dallas defense. That Dallas defense is in a great spot versus these Giants. Barkley's about all I see there. And when that happens, you know, because there's no quarterback, you just go eight in the box and and force DeVito to beat you. I don't see that as promising, y'all. I don't see that as promising at all. Dallas is going to win this football game. So, Will they need to go crazy? I don't think so. Prescott doesn't have to go crazy, but Lamb is in play. Lamb will be able to get the football regardless of whether it's zone or man coverage or whatever. He is uh, on the uptick, too, in his past couple of weeks. I like him. I couldn't recommend one of the other receivers, though. Ferguson is definitely going to have a tougher day at tight end. Dallas can run the football a little bit, too. I'm not so much worried about Rico Dowdle. You'll see Pollard. He's expensive for DFS, but... In real life, they're going to need to use both to kind of play the leverage game they want to along with that defense. The Giants are not giving up. They're trying to be tough, but they just don't have a lot of talent in certain positions. And that's showing through at this point in the year. I think Dallas defense can lead the way, but uh, don't be surprised if Lamb shines through in that Dallas victory, excuse me, at home in the Big D. Reload, Washington going to Seattle. Washington is a nice team to play because they invite production. You want to run it? Sure. You want to pass it? Sure. Maybe a little tougher to run it, but I like Kenneth Walker on the day. Charbonnet will get his few touches, but Walker's in a good spot. Ultimately, Geno Smith is in a better spot, but he would have to rise to the occasion. His uh, average depth of target is so low, and he has not been able to push the ball down the field like he was last year. There's something that makes him a shell of what he was when he was that comeback player last year. He would have to reverse that. The one thing I will say is it seems as though DJ Metcalf been playing with banged up ribs. That's a hard thing to do. That's finally not mentioned in the injury report. It's just the hip thing, which if he plays, he should be fine from that. I expect more from him this week, and I want to use him in DFS for sure because I think people will fade him. Nobody's thinking about him right now. Lockett, a little banged up with the hamstring, little hammy injury there. He's probably still going to play, but, you know, a little sore hamstring. Not great for the wide receiver. I like the Metcalf turn this week. I think that is something that I want to invest in. I don't think a lot of people will be looking at it as contrarian. If he is a game-time decision, I'm you know, I may be tempted to switch to Lockett. If you want to play Lockett instead, that's fine. But I'm going Metcalf, and I'm going to play him as a flex in the cash game, too. Because Washington invites this type of production when you look at their defense, what they're giving up. And they don't have a rush anymore. They traded Young and uh, uh, Sweat to the Bears. So, you know, the, who is actually getting after the quarterback now? Nobody. But we did see last week you can run on them too. So, like I said, should be an easier balance time for Seattle. Now, the Washington offense also perpetuates their opponent to pass because they want to pass, too. They have a high-profile offense. They don't mind having somehow throw it around. He throws it to everybody. Logan Thomas, Johan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, McLaurin. They're all in play. McLaurin probably more of anybody else, but not that much more. He really is going to spread it all around. Brian Robinson is in play, too, for sure. This is a lot of healthy environment for both teams, and you can use them both for roster alleviation. I'm sorry, price alleviation on DraftKings. Brian Robinson, great opportunity for that if you need to do that this week. But this will be a tougher game for Washington. Seattle has to win this game. You're at home. The climate is right. They're going to be calling for Geno Smith's head if you guys don't get this figured out. You can't just stand back there and, and hope not to lose the game. They got to be more aggressive with the run to help him get some play action going, get the ball to Fant. I do like Fant standing around in the end zone for a touchdown, but Gino has got to find a way to break out of his little shell. Uh, I think the Seattle defense plays a little bit better this week. Maybe gives up the production, but I think they can get a turnover because how just so many opportunities they can snag one. It'll be closer than most people think, but I do like Washington to find a way to win. 
and get to six and three and stay on top of their division on Sunday afternoon. Reload. We go to Sunday evening. The Jets visiting the Vegas Raiders. The new look Vegas Raiders. Look, simple for both these teams. Run the football. Run the football. As far as the Vegas Raiders go, O'Donnell's O'Donnell. You don't know what you're going to get. Hopefully he can activate Devontae Adams. But the reality is the Jets have a pretty good defense. They're going to play a lot of man-to-man defense. Um, That is just going to be opportunities for Adams. But you got to put the ball there. You know, Sauce Gardner, even if you go to the other side, there's just too good a coverage, I think, for, you know, for Sam, for Devontae Adams to get to explosion like we want every week. Can he be serviceable for seasonal? Sure. But I'm a little worried about anything else. You can make his life easy by running the football. Josh Jacobs is going to have to get the run in this game for sure. The Vegas defense ain't that great, though. The Jets are a better football team, and they should be able to run the football. Brees Hall, you want to run the ball with him for sure. Uh, Garrett Wilson, now he's much more viable, I think, than Devonta Adams this week. I think I mixed that up in the in the would you rather. If we if I get if I said Wilson over Adams, then we're gonna go back. And we're going to change that just because of O'Donnell. It's purely because of O'Donnell, okay? Now that I think about it after the whole episode, basically, I cannot stick by that because, number one, Wilson has been coming on strong. They know they can get it to him in zone. And number two, while better last week, I still need to see more before I say put your money on it. I'll never tell you guys put your money on something that's not sure. So if anything, we'll call it a wash. But, you know, I have the Jets defense being a little better. Because they can play that man coverage. They have better corners. I'm giving the edge to them. I think O'Donnell makes a mistake somewhere. The Jets find a way to go out west and escape Vegas with this victory. They get to 5-4 and four and keep their playoff hopes alive. And we get down to our last shot, so we'll make it a good one. We'll reload for Monday. Denver at Buffalo. This is a past climate environment. Buffalo. Walking corpse in the secondary. Walking corpse in the defense. A little tougher to run on. So I'm a little less inclined with Javante, you know, even less inclined with McLaughlin or anybody else. But Russ has been coming on strong. They seem to be getting a little bit better understanding of the playbook, understanding of what uh, Coach Payton wants to do. This is a good environment, whether you like it or not, on Monday. They should have to put up points because Buffalo can put up points. Let's face it. So on the Buffalo side of things, you know, Cook is in a place. He's in a good place. Uh, you know, if you have him a seasonal play him for DFS, there's just not enough commitment to the run game for anybody besides Allen. So I'm just not sure about that. But it's a sweet spot versus Denver. Um, we've seen what teams have been able to do to Denver. But, of course, the, you know, the, Stephon Diggs is in a good spot. Gabe Davis also in a good spot. Good spot for Allen. I mean, you know, I expect Buffalo at home to be able to control the football. I expect Buffalo to be able to score points. I think their defense, not going to roll over and die, but they will not look as good as we expect them to have looked in years past because there's just too many injuries, and Denver has been playing better. They beat Kansas City recently. They've been playing better. So Denver is going to push it to the brinks, and Buffalo is going to have to be careful. I'm not going to say they upset them, But Denver's going to try very hard to get to that four and five, and it's going to come down to the wire. But I think Josh Allen at the last minute will end up outdueling Russ Wilson, and Buffalo will escape. But I think Denver will leave not having the cow toe. They'll leave with a little bit of respect out of town. So that's the game script that I think we see for that game. That's what I think we see for these games for this week. Hopefully that helps you guys make your picks. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. All right, our DFS picks so we can get out of here. Real simple, guys. Going to keep it very simple if I can for you this week. Try to give you this reasoning as I give you the pick. So, as far as quarterback goes on DraftKings this week, golf will be very popular. 
Herbert has a capped upside, okay, because of the Detroit defense. Stroud is a very tough matchup. Burrow's interesting, but I think Mixon gets going this week. Maybe an alt lineup. No Higgins, making me think more about the run than the pass in Cincinnati. Prescott has a divisional opponent with their back against the wall who's a little more susceptible to the run. Simple as that. I like the run game a little more. Like we said, Lamb, you know, it's possible. Not guessing with Kyler Murray. Show it to me this week. Howell is interesting, but I would play Burrow at home over the kid on the road. So as interesting as Howell is, I would still play Burrow over him. So I can't play him. Can't trust Geno to go 3X, but he can activate one or two receivers, which is why I feel validated in playing his guy, his receiver, but not him. Purdy and company has everybody healthy and added defensive pieces. Not sure what he even needs to do in that game. Levis for alternate for sure. Pay down even more. But Baker Mayfield is my guy, 5,100, the main guy, coming off a good game. Uh, opponents tougher against the run should have room to find his guy Mike Evans I like it loaded up Baker Mayfield $5,100 pairing with Evans $7,200 you know he'll be low on he's a great matchup against a funnel defense they you know look to stop the run much more Tennessee exceptional against that run so Tampa Bay will need to air it out and we like Mike Evans load him up Keenan Allen is too expensive for this for this defense he's facing. He'll be fine, but 88K is too much. Lamb is also fine, but I think, you know, more man coverage this week, you know, maybe hurts his upside a little bit. Um, maybe not, but I'm not going to take the chance. Amon Ra, St. Brown, $8,300. Alternate to Keenan Allen. Good spot on the road, chasing against a team with a good offense. Also ready to score. He should be able to beat his zone, the beat this zone, excuse me, no problem. And it's really all about, you know, how often can golf get it to him as Laporta is a strong play also in the middle of the field there versus this defense. But $8,300, we're going to take that. Metcalf in the flex. He's been playing banged up with the ribs. He's clear of that. Like I said, if he, if the hip's fine, then all systems go versus the commanders um, because they allow immense volume. And uh, the Seahawks are also going up against a good offense in the commanders. So Gino will have to do more by default game flow. $6,800. You can play Lockett if he's banged up or game time decision at $6,100. I'll probably stick it out. The other wide receiver we're going to go with is DeAndre Hopkins. Tampa Bay has been bad versus the pass, giving up drives left and right. Levis has found Hopkins versus stipper competition. And so we think they can repeat it this week. Washington. Um, I, you know, I, I think for their part, you know, what, why am I saying this here? Oh, for, for Washington's part, I think, um, they can spread it out a little bit. Oh, that's what I meant to say. They can actually spread it out a little bit. So, you know, they have a couple of different receivers they can go to. And so I'm, I'm not sure if I want to key in on any one particular guy, although McLaurin is interesting around that same price point. Okay. So that's the reason why I won't use those guys, but we will use Hopkins. So at tight end, Laporta at $5,700 is a great play. I think he's the best play on the day. He'll be in my alternate lineup, but I will pay down in the main lineup for Gerald Everett. Like we talked about $3,900, great game script environment. Uh, Chargers short on receivers. So he and Eckler will definitely be, you know, needed alongside Keenan Allen. Nothing else dependable really in the tight end position on Sunday. So Everett looks like a nice pivot for the sure to be popular Laporta. So I love the reasoning, love the pivot, love the potential production. Running back, very simple, paying down, taking both running backs for the Steelers. They are at home in a good spot defensively versus a weak Packers offense. Pittsburgh does not have a defend- dependable passing game either. But the defense is coming on strong. Defense can lead the way and bleed the clock with the running backs. Warren is 5K. Najee Harris is 4,900. This also allows us access to a good run situation without picking a running back or guessing between the two. And we just pay down and we can afford it. Love that. And the Cardinals will be the defense. Very cheap. 
at home, getting Kyler back. Offense gets a boost. Atlanta has Heineke and has been terrible on offense and even made it worse with some interesting turnovers the past couple of weeks. So cards can pay this price off easily and possibly even 3x if they can get a turnover or two. We like them, no doubt. Those are my picks for DFS. I think for alternate, you know, thinking about Lamb makes a lot of sense. I, I may think about Lamb and Chase for an alternate, try to pair them with Burrow somehow. But guys, that's the only other things on my mind. And uh, if we make some, you know, super heavy pivot, I will be sure to let the team know. But certainly, you guys are in position now to go ahead and take it. That's going to do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always, or watching, however you're rolling with us. couple ways to keep up, www.tigerbombsae.com. You can watch this podcast through the YouTube link there. You can listen to it there on the process page. Remember we talked about NASCAR earlier in the show? You can also check out the NASCAR uh, page we have there, www.tigerbombsae.com. I'll be doing my last episode of Pit Row on Friday tomorrow as we wrap up the championship playoff uh, race that they just had last Sunday. But in terms of keeping up with us, everywhere you want to search, X, Facebook, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, then we'll pop up. You can like, subscribe, follow, do whatever is appropriate and get notified every time there is a new episode for you. That's it, guys. You know what the drill is. We'll all come right back here next week, talk about what we saw in week 10, and get ready for week 11 so that we can learn, scout, win, and repeat. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.